This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. While the world of academia, as we've been talking of throughout our broadcast, that of academia and higher education definitely changing in the midst of this health crisis. So the questions are, we've been you know, pursuing, Jason, is what's going to be the longer term impact? Let's bring in Helen Drynan. She is president of Simmons University. She joins us on the phone from Boston. Uh, president Drynan, nice to have you here with us. Uh, you guys have been closed like um, much of academia, certainly in the hardest hit areas and cities um, now, I think for about a month or so. Uh, give us a little bit of an update about how you came, you know, you know, how things are operating um, and, and what you see for the outlook like when we get on the other side of this. Well, hello, and thanks for having me. Happy to do this. Yeah. Um, I would say that things are going about as well as anyone could possibly imagine they could go under the circumstances. And, uh, and I say that with um, recognition that there is great disruption and difficulty and challenge all around. I'm not trying to be in the least bit Pollyannish about this. So um, I would say the fact that we were able to pull off within two weeks, almost across the entire nation, finding an alternative way to deliver on the goals that students finish their courses and graduate if they're eligible for graduation is astonishing. And I think we're all just sort of living with uh, with the speed and the change that that required. But we're also settling down to this may be business as usual for some time. And and so business as usual for some time. Let's dig into that if we can, President Drennan, because I do feel like that is the big question when it comes to education. (laughs) You know, Carol and I have high school juniors. They're sort of looking at a very different landscape as they apply to college. We have a lot of, you know, friends who are uh, you have college students who have have come home to uh, you basically have like they feel like they're in high school again, you know, living in their parents' house uh, with with nowhere to go. Um, How do you sort of keep and sort of keep an eye on everybody as well as sort of keep in touch with them? to anticipate an an unanticipated future, I guess, even looking as as far ahead or or as close at hand as the fall. Well, maybe maybe I should just throw out a couple of things that I think are are clearly the considerations till the fall, and then we can talk about how we're staying in touch and that kind of thing. So most places have have been extremely clear. Nothing is going on on summer campuses that otherwise would have, for example, summer programs of any level. Uh, to the extent possible, many, many people are moving those online because many summer students need those opportunities to fill in credits that they're trying to finish before they finish a degree, that kind of thing. So there's a certain sense of urgency about continuing this level of provision of the education, at least through the summertime. The big deal is, of course, the go-no-go decision from what are we able to do uh, on September 1st, in around September 1st. And there are a couple of major considerations here. Nobody wants to bring students back if it's not safe. And how will we know when it's safe? So everybody is following all of the medical information we see every single day to try to get a fix on this. I would say that most of us are going to be in the position of having to make a decision about opening on September 1st, no later than July 1st. Mm. But will we have the data that we need even then? So that's a big, big uh, issue. If we can't open on the first, can we open later? Are there alternative ways of doing uh, a, a deferred opening? So a lot of people are thinking about that. 
the last, of course, option is to um, have, a, have a plan ready to go either way. So is it possible to offer a high-quality virtual experience for a semester or uh, a part of a semester in the event that we think we can open second semester or a partially through first semester? That is a very tall order because it's so much bigger than what anyone is delivering today. I doubt yeah. that very many institutions could entertain that option. And what do you do then? You know, this is a conversation we had with one of our reporters earlier. Like, what's the financial adjustment potentially? Because part, uh, a big part of, you know, going to a great institution, a great college, you know, like your own, is is the experience of being around other students from all over the place. And, you know, face-to-face with professors and, you know, teachers, that's a big part of it. And it takes the learning to a whole other level. You know, what financial adjustments might have to be made if it's a virtual online class? Well, there's no question, Carol, that the cost of the education will have to be discounted. There is, excuse me, there is uh, a a different experience if you're doing this online. You're perfectly correct. And actually, Simmons has about five years of experience with graduate professional education. Now, I said graduate professional, not undergraduate professional, and it's very different. But we have enough experience to say, if done well, it's a great alternative it is not a replacement for a four-year undergraduate coming-of-age experience. Nobody would argue that. That is not the same thing. But if it's the way to step in and it's high quality and it's discounted, that could be a viable alternative. And if you think of it that way, it actually becomes a tool for a student over the course of his or her education to maybe fill in uh, a course that they need in the summer with an online course, that kind of thing. Not not the, the steady state plan, mm. but a good alternative in the short term. But when I say good alternative, it's not what we're looking at that's out there today. Yeah. Nobody would claim that what we're doing now is a good alternative. It's, it's, a, it's a get us through the problem alternative. Right. That's it. So we've only got about a minute left in this segment, but then we're going to bring you back, President Trinan. And so quickly, what are... What are the communications you're you're making to your incoming class? Because I would imagine that's different from returning students. You're absolutely right about that. Good question. We have had so far two admitted students events on a virtual basis. Mm-hmm. They have been attended at almost double the rates of our on-campus events. Our admissions today look pretty flat to last year at this time. So there's no question in my mind, people are still in the process They're probably hoping against hope that this gets all resolved in a reasonable way. Uh, But so far, we are working very hard with our students to say, we will have a plan for you in the fall. Now, uh, I think they're doing um, what we expect them to do, which is to keep working at their best choices. And I think to the extent you can do virtual um, admissions opportunities like this, people are remaining engaged. Helen Drynan is our guest. She is president of Simmons University. She's joining us on the phone from Boston. So, you know, President Drynan, you were talking about, you know, the incoming class for fall of 2020. I am curious, though, about what this means for the incoming class of fall of 2021. Uh, Jason and I both have, you know, juniors and seniors. I'm just curious about, we've already heard about maybe test scores aren't so important. Uh, I know my daughter is, you know, concerned about interviews, um, the school she's interested in, or reaching out to her virtually about, you know, do a virtual tour. But how do you approach that? So... I think the good news, Carol, is the class of 2021 can 
uh, step back a little bit uh, and not get too urgently concerned about this as they watch how this goes through. Uh, unfortunately, the class that would graduate in this year, 2020, mm. and the class that would enter in this fall, 2020, both are going to be the ones that are the test cases. And as you can imagine, the disappointment uh, around yeah. end of year is just awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are no easy answers to that because um, you don't, you, you know, you can't remake the experience of the moment. Right. Yeah. Your no senior year, you right? Your senior year, you can't redo <laughs> yep. it. No, that's right. That's right. So I would say the class of 2021, take any opportunity that comes along, a virtual opportunity, uh, a physical opportunity, when that day comes, take any of these opportunities. Because I think what's happening now is all of us are showcasing how much can we offer to a student? How much can we offer a student flexibility? How much can we offer a student the kinds of services that you would expect on campus, even if you're not on campus? How flexible are we in addressing the questions and concerns you have relative to what we already think you're going to worry about? I think it's a great opportunity time uh, opportunity to be be a consumer if you're in the class of 2021. Um, I do think I do think that um, you're going to see such a wide variety of responses from different colleges and universities that Mm. you learn an awful lot in this process. It does seem like that. I mean, that's certainly how we're trying to spin it with our junior in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, President Dryden, I have to ask you, and, and we've had uh, some really interesting conversations with, with a number of university presidents about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the effect on a, on a you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old sort of going through? I mean, this is traumatic in, in a lot it's of ways. Funny. And you alluded to that a, a minute ago. I mean, you can't yep. get this moment back. How do yep. we help them? Well, you know, we all in higher education are extremely aware of the burden this is placing on our students. And it's not a surprise to either of you, I'm sure, that you are very aware already that the level of anxiety, depression, and other associated mental health issues on college campuses today is a major concern long before we were worried about coronavirus sure. or, you know, uh, or, or the pandemic. So, um, for example, in our case, we have maintained our health center and our counseling center, and students do indeed stay in touch with the therapists that they've been working with or the health care providers that they've been working with, and we will provide that, stu- that opportunity to students if they find that a useful alternative when they're not physically present for as long as they're students, which will obviously end uh, in the May semester, I mean, in the May time frame. Yeah. So I know many, many, many colleges and universities are doing the same thing. Um, Lots of schools are doing check-ins. They have Mm. their student life staff calling students, especially students that they know had a difficult time leaving campus because, you know, there was no preparation. There was no opportunity to say, but how do I get home if these are my circumstances? And most of us have retained some portion of our students on campus or off campus, but under our supervision because they just couldn't. I mean, they couldn't go home. Yeah, Yeah. The international students could not get out of the country in many cases. So there was no option. So we've had to maintain all of these services and sports systems to the greatest ability virtually that we possibly can. I, I think it is, um, it, you know, it's such a uh, loss uh, to not complete your senior. If, psychologically, it's a loss. Yeah. It's it's um, socially such an enormous loss because even if we plan, which certainly we do and many other places do, an alternative event in the future when we can do it, you know for sure not all those classmates will be able to make that. Life goes on, and it will never be the experience they hope for. So the, the grief about this is pretty profound, and it's, and it's natural and normal. 
Yeah, I've got to say from someone who I deferred for semesters who started in January and then I, of course, graduate in December, it's just not the same experience. I know that. And it's certainly not on the magnitude of what everybody's going through now, but you certainly miss something in the experience. And and I know that. Um, One last question, just got about 45 seconds. How do you think when we get on the other side of this, our world will be changed? I actually think, Carol, if we're smart, we will have learned so much about how to be better in the work that we do and better in our relationships with people, Mm. that we'll use things like all these technologies we have to their best advantage rather than sometimes to the lowest common common denominator worst advantage. And I also think that people will have such a greater appreciation for in-the-moment relationships that they will never take them for granted again. Well, this is a great way to end. And I have to say, Gloria Larson, former president of Bentley University, a friend of mine and a friend of Bloomberg who has been on this air a lot, you know, said, we've got to talk to you. And she was so right. So thank you so much. I know this is a hard time for everyone, but I I feel like your words will certainly stay with all of us and certainly our listeners. Helen Drinan, thank you. Thank you. President of Simmons University joining us on the phone from Boston. I have to say the conversations that we've had with heads of colleges and universities, Jason, have been. Um, just fantastic and yeah, really I think it's some of the best me. we've had. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just very and, thoughtful about where we are today. And, and it's interesting to you know to think about sort of the commonalities, but also some of the differences. You know, depending on their populations and depending on what they're doing. 